Coming to you from the Cornerman Social at Delray Beach Boxing Club. You're listening to The Canvas. Live from uh, my living room. I am being joined today with my, my engineer who's taking place for Brian. we got to get Brian back on. Matt Matt is here with us. And, um, you know, we have I have two very special guests. I'm going to bring on actually three guests today, but two very special guests. And one in particular that I want to speak about right now who has been such a – I mean – and she, to me, needs like for a lot of people in the box world need no introduction. But um, just so I can just explain to you what what Christine Martin has done for me in my career. I remember, you know, being a domestic violence survivor, going into the gym and, uh, you know, find if, trying to better myself, from my abusive boyfriend, thinking I was fat and ugly at 17 years old, walking to the back of the gym and seeing boxing and being asked if I wanted to try. Not knowing women box, not knowing anything, saying, OK. And then all of a sudden, Christy Martin's name gets brought up to me. And, oh, do you know Christy Martin? Because, of course, they see a female in the boxing and they're like oh christy martin you should you know and and then i started reading up and listening and hearing about christy martin and it is such an honor christy to have you on today you have done so much for for women like myself and and just for the sport of boxing overall but now to be united with you in being a domestic violence survivor and, and what you've gone through i just want to say thank you so much for coming on and, and being part of this podcast today and, and being in my life um, not just as 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 a you know a role model, but now as a friend. And I just want to say thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, absolutely, and thank you so much for having me and taking the time that we can work together and discuss domestic violence. Of course, we love boxing, but as I say, boxing is just my platform now, so that I can talk about domestic violence and and to bring the awareness to the people that it's not always just about the physical violence. It's it's emotional and and mental and control, and there's so much more to it than just the bruises and just understand and people understanding that and we have another guest also um russ ambar um the owner and ceo of, of rival boxing one of the best in the business or actually the best in the business i mean i won't fight without my rival gloves absolutely and um and thank you so much russ for coming on and 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 being a part of this today you know i just want to kind of give everybody listening just a kind of a background of how this kind of started um there was um, you, a lot of people saw my posts and knew that I was going to talk about this today and that I was going to have Christy and Russ on. Uh, just speaking a little bit about the video that Billy Joe Saunders had put out there um, as, as a joke, uh, um, you know, saying that he was, you know, uh, if a woman's coming at you and you're quarantined, this big joke about being quarantined and the woman coming at you, whatever. A lot of you have seen the video. Some of you haven't. Anyway, he hits a heavy bag. Oh, you punch her and basically says like you're punching her in the face and basically condoning domestic violence. That was the first thing that was ignited. OK, and then, um, you know, people saw that. And then we get a response from a female. Um, Clarissa Shields responds with, you know, a video saying, and, and again, I don't know if this is in a, I mean, it, it seemed like it was a, a tit for tat. And, and, and I don't think these, neither one of these individuals, like I said in my post, um, have the maturity or, or the education to even know what, what those videos actually did or what they could do. Um, um, to everybody watching and, and, and understanding the effects of that, not just on people actually dealing with domestic violence at home, but as a survivor, it pissed me off. It really pissed me off. And I'm sure it pissed Christy off too, because I'm like, that's nowhere near how you can respond to, to, um, a situation like that. And, um, and so that's, what's really bringing us on again. I'm not here to bash neither one of these individuals. Uh, it pissed me off and it made me say, you know what? I'm not going to go uh, uh, highlight that, but I want to highlight the, the, what, what we need to hear, what we need to know. What needs to be done. And, and, and that obviously, if you are at home and your wife or your girlfriend, or even if your husband is coming at you, domestic violence is not gender specific. You don't punch them. You don't do that. Okay. And then in retaliation, if you're being hit, there's other things, which I'm going to bring on Diana of the uh, family coalition. Um, uh, she's going to come on and speak a little bit about what we can do. 
But you guys want to comment a little bit because I know you know we're we're a boxing family and we saw those videos. It it kind of it kind of upset us. And I know Russ, you were you were very upset about that. I was, but I'll I'll defer to uh, to Christy. Uh, okay. In in I'm still old enough to be able to say ladies first, so uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let Christy take the lead on this. Well, I, you know, I appreciate that, and I, and um, you know, my thought is this: I, I know that uh, Billy Joe Sanders has now said that it was in death or whatever, but there's certain things you don't talk about. Like you don't talk about somebody's grandmother that just passed away. You don't talk about, um, you know, negative things that happen in people's lives, and you have to be a, a mature enough, as you said, um, to know the difference and know how to discuss these these situations. This is just something you don't joke about. I mean. Sure. If it were his sister, would he be so willing to joke about it? If it were mm-hmm. his mother, would he mm-hmm. be so willing to joke about it? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Mm-hmm. So you have to always look at the bigger picture, not just that little that little snapshot maybe that 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 you're involved in. And you know he, he thinks he's bigger than life, and he and, and this isn't his first time that he's yeah. kind of screwed up, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, it, he can't think he's he's invincible, you know, or that he can just say anything he wants. And I believe that's where he is in, in his life right now. He thinks he can just say anything and buy with it. And and this is something we can't just let him or anyone. I mean, exactly. say, let's not just target him. Let's just mm-hmm. let's say we can't let anyone uh, mm-hmm. make light of domestic violence. I mean, mm-hmm. the statistics are crazy. Mm-hmm. Every 20 minutes in yeah. this country, there's a woman getting abused. Yeah. I mean, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. The, the numbers are just uh, uh, you know astronomical the, of the domestic violence victims and abuse, I, I, uh, uh, survivors that are that are living in this country. So to make light of it, you can't. You, that's bottom line. Yeah. You just can't make light of it. And, and 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 to add to those numbers, perhaps, Christy, and again, I, I'm smart enough to know when I'm stupid. And and I know that what you guys have been through, I can't speak from this. And I'm going to defer to, to what you guys know. But what I do know about is bullying. And I don't think that this strays much from that whole bully mentality and that bully concept uh you know whether it be domestically or outside the violence that occurs on one human to another the imposition of one's strength and power over somebody else especially in the physical sense you know that isn't just related to domestic violence it's related to bullying as well and bullying wears many many uniforms bullying wears many costumes it's not you're just your stereotypical overweight fat kid beating up the small kids in school for lunch money you know mm-hmm. it goes way beyond that it goes into our society it goes mm-hmm. into dormant at bars it goes into police who abuse power it goes into a lot of areas where bullying occurs uh, government officials who can bully you who can push you around who take advantage of your weak situation whether it be financially economically uh, racially whatever that is that happens and i think those 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 numbers augment to what even Christie just said mm-hmm. that uh, you know the the danger and the the damage that's done to people domestically and out, outward is just terrible. And uh, and I think that people have to take a stand and doing something like this, I think is important. Yes. And it bothered me. You know, I understand. I understand Billy Joe Saunders because I understand his background. I understand 
I understand his mentality. I understand where he comes from the same way that I, the, my, from my era, the same way I understand racial humor that mm. now we have to be very careful about, you know, of mm. what we do and what used to be accepted in the past and is not now. I get it. Um, I just don't like that now. I, don't, I think it's insensitive now, knowing what we know. Billy has a mother. He has a girlfriend. He has a wife. You know, like he has people, female people in his life, you know, and you do that and you wouldn't want that done to those people. And, Russ, and I, the same yeah, thing I, applies to Clarissa. I just want to stop you on one second there because I actually had a conversation. I, was, I, I would be surprised if Derek Santos logs in because we talked a little bit about um, about about Clarissa and about Billy Saunders and going back to what you talked about. Right about where people come from. But you know what? I think there's a responsibility. There comes when you become a public figure and you start representing more than just yourself, especially in the boxing world. You know, there comes a responsibility to know what your what your platform can ignite or what responsibilities are behind it. And I, I, I'm OK. If you if, if you really believe that that's OK, then then that's what he believes. But. It's not okay. He knows that it's not okay. He apologized for it. So to me, it's a little bit, and, and with Clarissa, it felt like a tit for tat and a little bit of an ego war. Like it was a little bit of her saying like, oh, well, this is what you do to a guy that does that to you. You hit him in the, and the way that she went about that. And I'm sitting there and I know people have said to me, well, you know, Clarissa's from Detroit. I'm like, okay. And I'm saying, okay, I understand. We all have different <laughs> backgrounds, but I, I don't necessarily think, I, I don't think that matters. I'm like, okay, but there's right and wrong. I don't care where you come from, and I understand the best, but you got to think about that. Right, this is the way I see this. You, you know, when, when kids, you know, we're 15, we're 13, even when we're maybe 18, it's kind of getting close to the limit. But we, we have beliefs that are maybe not ours yet. But once you become, as you said, that public figure, you're representing not just yourself, but the, the boxing world, your, your community, educate yourself before you open your mouth. That's it. Thank you. And that yeah. is what... She specifically does not do on many fronts, but especially on this front. You cannot in any way, shape, or form to someone that is talking about being an abuser say you're going to hit them. I mean, that is not what this is about. That is nothing but inciting and, and increasing the odds of yes. being a victim. Right. Or giving, or giving advice. Survivor. Yeah. Or giving advice to victims saying, oh, if you're a domestic violence, like if you're in an abusive relationship, this is what you do. Do. It's like, honey, if you've never been in one, you, you don't know what to do because you should listen to let the people that know like the third, like if you want to like Diana, who, Diana, who's going to come on somebody like that, you know, and that's why I wanted to have this kind of go ahead, Russ, you want to speak? You know, well, what I was going to say was we have to be careful of mixing, you know, the role that we talk of, 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 of boxers and, uh, you know, what their what their image should be, because if we were to put this. The, the video aside for just one second okay. and look at the conduct of boxers in general in this day and age. And I can say this when I say this day and age, because I started training fighters in 1979. I saw the yeah, evolution yeah. of the fight game. I saw mm -hmm. where it started and where, where I started and where it, where it is now. So if we were to put those videos aside, I think there's a plethora of examples that we could lay out where fighters do not conduct themselves like the role models mm -hmm. that they should or like the champions that they are. You know, the things that go on at weigh-ins where it now, because of TV, has become mandatory that guys have to face the off drama. with each other and, and talk to each other and talk crap to each other. And that has no place in the game. It, it, the greatest fighters in the world right now don't do that. 
you know, they they let their talking in, but it seems like everyone is looking for that gimmick. Everyone's looking to to step over the line. Everyone's looking for that physical confrontation in which athletic commissions don't do anything about it, and they let it happen, and it's almost encouraged to happen. And the more uh, violent you can be, the more aggressive you can be, the louder you can be, the more foul language that you can be. It's almost rewarded for that. So, and, 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 and just to say it's happening with the women too. Cause I see that now with the females stepping up as well, kind of like, and it's like, yeah, Clarissa's doing it. <laughs> There's, you know, I mean, of course it's happening. I wasn't being gender specific. No, 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 I know. I I know. No, no, I know. I'm just saying, yeah. Uh-huh. Saying in general, this is what yeah. I'm so, uh, you know, if you're expecting someone to act differently just because it's based on that one video that they did, like an old friend of mine used to say, what do you expect from a pig but a grunt? And that's what you're you're going to get. And uh, I don't think it's it's any different that if you're you know, if you're pointing out that somebody should act a certain way because they have us. Well, forget the video. And there's we could have had this this meeting and this chat. Years ago, oh, yeah. you know, discussing how and what we're allowing to happen, what athletic commission well, okay. happened. So, so okay. Yeah. So to comment on that, his I, I saw some people that were that I, I believe Billy Joe Saunders' punishment was um he's being is he being um banned or is he being he's being um, suspend, he's being suspended, suspended. and probably been fined by the British Boxing Board of Control. And let me explain, if I may, the difference between the British Boxing Board of Control and regular athletic commissions as we know them in Canada and the United States. Okay. Um, The British Boxing Board of Control is not a government entity. It is a club. It's a membership club. You You are part of that membership. They have bylaws, rules, and regulations that control boxing and they are recognized as the authority of such in Great Britain. So their, their, their measures are not related to only what happens legally. You're part of a club and you're subject to their rules and regulations as you would be here. If you were a member of a private club here, you would have to adhere to their rules and regulations. So they have an advantage on being a, the sole arbitrator of professional boxing in the UK and the fact that they're a club, which gives them powers that maybe um, an athletic commission here wouldn't necessarily have because in, mm-hmm. in North America, being part of an athletic commission, first of all, for the, uh, for the commission to have any power over you, number one, you have to be licensed. Number two, you have to have caused an infraction during an event sanctioned by said athletic commission. So this is where you run into a little bit of problems, you know, that the, 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 the sanction, the, the, the commissions don't have the in, uh, empowerment to do what the British Boxing Board of Control is doing to Billy Joe Saunders. So I thought I should just clear that up for you. No, that's no, that's, I mean, it's very. Yeah, no, it's very interesting. And that's good. Thank you very much, because a lot of people don't understand, know, know that, don't understand that. But, you know, going back to the whole thing about, you know, um, regardless of what what we're talking about with their boxers, whether it's a platform, it's a video that went viral and his apology, I'm sure, didn't go as viral as the video did, unfortunately. Um, Matt, can you bring on Deanna? I sure can. So um, I'm going to. Hi, Deanna. How are you? Just fine. Thank you. Hello. This is yeah, Christy. I'm gonna try to do Christy Martin right here. I'm and not we have Russ, I'm not Russ. Russ. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
<laughs> I'm looking at my screen for the pointing. Um, but thank you so much for coming on, Deanna. I, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, we've I've done a lot of work with uh, a lot of domestic violence victim survivors in uh, um, in in California, and you know that's one of the things, Christy, that I want to say too. That when I moved to California, I found out that um, Ventura County, which is where I lived, had the highest reported rate, uh, cases of domestic violence in all of California. So it was just amazing to me when I heard those numbers. I'm like, oh my gosh. And that's only reported. So we don't even know what wasn't reported. Yeah. So, right. so, so and, go, and the truth, go ahead. truth is, Marina, I, I, uh, a minute ago, I misspoke. When I said uh, every 20 minutes, one person gets abused in the United States. No, it's it's 20 people per minute in the United States wow. that are abused. And that those those numbers are crazy. And so, again, you know, for somebody to make um, my glide of that, it's just, it's unacceptable. Yeah. And I, and I know that the victims like myself and like you, you know, it, it took a, it, that was, that really hit us home. And, and, you know, and again, and going back to a little bit of what Clarissa Shields did, and this is where Deanna, I wanted to kind of, you know, we spoke a little bit before, um, you know, Clarissa and, I, you know, whether she was thinking she was doing the right thing or not. Uh, going on and letting, d- telling d- victims or possible victims, this is what you do. Because I know for me personally, if, if I would have uh, tried to defend myself punching and doing what she said, I probably would have been killed. Yeah. So it's, it's a very dangerous thing. So if you'd like to just uh, speak a little bit about that. Um, yeah. So um, thank you so much for having me on. on. Um, I started my interest in domestic violence long before I became a therapist. And I've been working with the Coalition for Family Harmony now over 18 years. I, um, I've worked with the children, so I've learned about the effects that they've had on the children when mom and dad are in a domestic dispute. I've worked with the victims themselves, like you and Christy, who have had the brunt of that experience. And I'm also currently working with the perpetrators. I'm working with the men who do abuse. Um, and so I kind of have an overall feeling, everything that I've heard you all say, there is all truth to everything, especially what Russ was saying a little bit earlier. It is a form of bullying, but it is much more than that because it does involve, um, people that you think you love, you say you love, that you care about. And it's a different type of, um, of bullying in that sense. Um, yeah, I know that you and I talked before, um, Maureen, about this. What I'm seeing here is that there was an, um, a situation. So can, you, can I talk a little bit about what the cycle of violence is? Of course. Something sure, please. You would like to? Okay. So in a cycle of violence, then there's many forms of it. But the most simplified form is that you start what we call a homeostasis or a calm effect. In other words, if everyone here is getting their needs met, if you all had your breakfast or your lunch, you know, you're in a wonderful um, shelter, you, you're clothed, you're, you've got all the needs met, then you are in a state of homeostasis, okay? Once something happens where you feel that you're not getting what you need, more than likely you're going to have a reaction to that. And when that happens, tension starts to build up. And if you don't know how to control your tension, one of the first things that you do is you become angry and you lash out. Now, I don't know, Billy Joe Saunders' idea was a joke. I don't know what caused him to do that. But in this cycle, someone's the brunt of it. And so what happened is that Clarissa reacted because she was triggered by something he did. And in her reaction, she just perpetrated 
the abuse that was going on. In other words, fight abuse with abuse. And that is absolutely wrong. Everybody suffers. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is a form of bullying. And that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I, when I said that, uh, Diana, I was just trying to add to the numbers that Christy had put out in that bullying is not also only just, you know, someone pushing somebody around. Bullying can be many forms and violence is one of them as well. Uh, I wasn't trying to, uh, uh, you know, identify one with the other because obviously you're right. You know, it is from someone you love and bullying happens that as well from could be from people you trust or who have a high standard in society that do that to you. So I was just trying to augment the numbers that already Christy was was bringing up uh, that makes the matter even worse. Yeah. So, so, so I guess going back to all this, you know, now, and Christy and I spoke about the importance of doing this, uh, getting everybody in and kind of speaking a little bit about right now, we have a lot of, of, of people that are quarantined and stuck at home. And the cycle that you just spoke about, I'm sure is more likely to happen now because people are kind of stuck in a closed environment. And, and so can you, can you speak a little bit about, about what you, what you foresee happening there? And Right. So again, going back to being homostasis, being in a state of homostasis, if everybody's needs are being met, mean all the things that I explained, then you're in a calm state. What we are doing now is not very calming, but we're all going through our stress starts to rise. And once you've hit that point where your stress starts to rise, your brain shuts off a part of your ability to think and you will react rather than think. And so the point of it, you ask, well, what can we do? You need to find out what caused it first. You need to reduce the stress. And I've seen some wonderful videos on YouTube and I've been meeting with many people who are saying, you find the, the um, antecedent to co- that causes your stress you reduce that. And once you reduce your stress and you're back in a state of calm, the chances of you becoming violent or the chances of you um, lashing out are going to be minimized. And yeah, you are right. The whole nation right now is in the flux of stress and it sometimes gets higher than, than normal for some. And um, it is, I mean, I don't know how to respond. I don't know what to say. We're all stuck. So now what now, I guess, um, I I think something that's important is, recognizing domestic violence. I know with, and I'm sure Christy, if you want to comment on this too, people that we've worked with and survivors and even myself, I didn't even realize that that cycle was happening. Um, it began with emotional for me. It was emotional and then it became emotional, mental, and then physical. And it was manipulation leading into the physical part where I felt like I deserved it. So I don't know, Christy, um, go ahead. Yeah, for sure. And that, that's, I, I really think that in most cases, Not in all cases, but I'm going to say, and this is just my guess, uh, a big percentage, the the abuse starts out as emotional, uh, control, manipulation, and then it escalates into physical. But from in my personal situation, from day one of my relationship with Jim Martin, it was it was just all about control. And it was a little bit more, a little bit each and every, you know month or quarter it was like it was getting a little tired he separated me from my friends separated me from my family he convinced me that the world was against me um it it just grew and grew and then like he would stalk me um you know it's just it went on and on it was the ultimate bully and that's that's what abusers are i mean they want to control every aspect of your life and then if they when they lose control mentally or mentally and emotionally then that's when, in my situation, it became physical. 
Yes. And and now, I mean, I'm thinking everybody is quarantined. We're all in the same house. And, and then, you know, how does the person that is getting abused, how does that person, whether it's male or female, how do they get away to call, to make a call for help, to call a domestic violence shelter, a domestic violence hotline? I mean, the I feel like right now the the, uh, the number of incidents has to be rising. But I also feel like the number of reports will be declining. So I, I think it's a very critical time for everybody to be aware. And again, we're, we're you know, we're socially distanced, right? So how, how can we be aware of what's going on with our neighbor, with our sister, with, with, you know, maybe our mother, who knows? I mean, our friends, we don't. So, I mean, every little, every little clue we have to be ready to pick up on. I'd like to ask uh, Christy and and then the doctor a question each. And Christy, if if uh, if I'm out of line, just just tell me. And I'm I'm really not trying to be. When you look back on this in in your life, um, can you see or do you remember at the times when those things were happening, how you felt at that time? Like, did you feel this is wrong, but I'm going to do it anyways, or this manipulation that's happening, this distancing from my friends, this control, did you see that happening? Or were you oblivious to it and seeing something else and only reflecting and seeing the difference now, later on? Well, first, let me say this. Jim Jim would tell me that he would kill me if ever I left him. That was number one. That was enough right there. I should have left. But then as time went on, and I did see the manipulation and the separation, but but I also felt like there was nothing I could do about it uh, because at the same time, you know, he's telling me if I leave, I will. If, if ever I left, he would kill me. So what was I going to do? And then right. as, and my my situation, my boxing, my you know, my professional and my personal life were so intertwined that. If I leave him, then what is that going to do for my the boxing career? Correct. So I, I was, I was like, I was just stuck, and I tried to make, you know, I tried to make the best of it, and I, uh, you know, I look back now, and I'm, I feel like I gave up you know, twenty good years of my life. But that's that's why I asked the question I because have- I think I, I, I'm 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 I have no experience in this, so I'm just completely looking at this as a as an outsider, and I think that that's the thing that is the most dangerous and 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 most problematic for anybody involved in any type of situation when they feel that they are being hurt, attacked, something's done to them, threatened. Where do they turn? What is the best avenue to turn mm-hmm. to? And and I don't know that that answer is always clear. I'm 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 not sure that that all. And it takes a lot of courage. This is somebody who's a fighter herself, and had the fear of I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I have nowhere to turn to to get out of this situation, even when she knew it was wrong. And I think that's an, an important thing. And doctor, I wanted to ask you uh, you as well uh, another question. And again, this is a shot in the dark and I'm, I'm, uh... these are great questions, Ross. So this is great. Cause this is why I also wanted to have you on because this is educating other people may have these questions that you I, have. I hope I'm not, I'm not stepping out of line here in, in asking no, no, no. this, but would I be safe to say that you probably do not see nearly as many domestic violence cases in the gay and lesbian community as you do in the heterosexual community? 
That's a great question. And the answer is, you're probably right. We do not see. And going back to Anson, well, before I begin, I'm not a doctor. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I could lose my license if I said that I was a doctor. So I'm going to have to say a, a, a disclaimer. I'm not a doctor. But anyway, um, yes, we don't see it because there is so much involved. Going back um, to what um, Christy was saying, the, this power and control that the perpetrator has is based on fear. Mm -hmm. So there's so much threats. I mean, I'm going to take the kids away from you. I'm going to kill your sister. I'm going to kill the dog. I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to hurt you. I mean, that, it's based on fear. That's why so many victims are afraid to leave because of the consequences of all the threats. Even if you leave me, I'm going to go to your work and I'm going to be stalking you. I'm going to watch what you do. I'm taking the children away from you. You will never see them. So those are part of the reasons that victims um, are, they're afraid to leave. Mm -hmm. And yeah. in the gay and lesbian community, underneath that, there's a lot of shame involved right now because People do not believe that domestic violence can happen between two men or two women. They don't understand the the community. And so, yeah, it probably is not reported as much as we see. And the actually, we probably only see a certain percentage of reports. There are many um, victims out there right now that continue to be abused over and over and again. Um, and we don't find out about it until literally till they're, they're, they're dead. They've been killed. My, my thought was that the reason we probably don't see as much of it is because there is not necessarily that physical dominance that exists in a male-female relationship where there's a physical presence, there's a weight difference, there's a size difference, there's a man-woman difference, and all the things that you spoke about mm -hmm. you know, stems from that power that one has, the physical power that one has, that... In a, in, a, in, a, in a gay or lesbian relationship, you got two partners that might be physical, might be equal in matchup physically. So there's a certain amount of respect the same way how two men might not get into a fist fight when they're in an argument. But if it was the same situation between a weaker a man or a woman or one one of the two weaker, then there is that bullying and that physical imposition that they we put on the other person. So that's why I, I thought maybe there are other factors involved. Uh, for example, a gay couple, one might say to the other, no other man's going to have you. I'm the only one who's going to love you. So there's more emotional and psychological abuse going mm -hmm. on between gay men. And if one of them is ashamed and is still, so to speak, in the closet or has not come out, I'm going to tell your mom and dad that you are gay and I'm your lover. So there's still, the threats are still going on. And the same in a, in a gay um, a women couple, same thing. Maybe previously she had been married and had children. They're still going to, I'm taking the kids away. I'm going to tell the court that you're a pervert or whatever. There's still those threats going on. Okay. You know, I want to go back a little bit to um, to sharing because my, my situation was a little bit different than Christie's, similar but a little different. It started with um, breaking me down, self esteem wise. You know, it started with just cursing or calling me names, and it was a joke. It was a joke. And 
And then it got, it started to go from there. It started getting worse. And then it started getting controlling where we would go to a, a, a go to a bar. And if a guy would talk to me, oh, you're flirting with him. Oh, you're, and then it would be go home. And then he'd get into the fight with me. And I started feeling like, almost like I didn't want to, I didn't want to upset him. It was just getting him upset. Cause I wanted the relationship to be, cause when we were together, we were best friends, you know, and then it started to spiral and get worse and worse. I think for people now is recognizing, I, I look back and, and I, and as you know, with Russ's question to Christy, I look back at my situation and I wanted to please him. I just wanted to be the happy couple. Cause I saw this vision in my head of this happy couple. And we had been that once and I'm like, Oh, it's okay. I found myself forgiving and forgiving and forgiving forgiving until it's when it became violent it was at the point where i thought i was i thought i was ugly i thought i was fat i thought i really he had me believing that i could not be with anybody else and nobody would want me and that and i would had issues at home as well that that had uh it was bashing on my self-esteem so overall my whole life i felt this small and i felt like i wasn't worth anything and that when he hit me i felt like i deserved it because my self-esteem was shot so low so going back to that when it came to when it comes to the people in the household now, or even recognizing um, uh, just the beginning of the verbal abuse, you know, and, and, and it may be the signs of the control, you know, however form they take in whatever, uh, you know, level they go, they start at. Um, I think it's important for people to recognize what, what does that look like? The controlling, what is okay? What is not okay? What is a joke? And what wasn't a joke? Cause I think if I kind of understood that a little more, maybe I would have stopped it or maybe I would have set a boundary. Yeah. Um, I can tell you right now that I am fearful for the situation that we're in because domestic violence continues because of isolation. I heard Christy say, no friends, don't go to your family, you know, these things. And where are we? We're all in isolation right now. That that makes me very afraid. And someone had asked earlier, what do you do? How do you get out of it? If you don't have a phone available to call someone, the police aren't coming to, um, to just, I mean, not that I'm minimizing their thoughts on domestic violence, but there are more pending things, I suppose, going on. And that's probably very low on the pri- on their priority. Um, so I'm very fearful about what's going on right now because of the isolation that we have. But you ask, what can you do about it? Um, keep your phone handy. Have a friend to connect with. Make sure your neighbors know what's going on. Don't minimize it. You know, if something's going on, like you were just saying, Maureen, don't minimize it. You think it's okay because you want the relationship to continue. Um, I always or the fear, or the fear of, like Christy said, her career had it was so intertwined. Mm-hmm. You know, the fear aspect of it. And it's so individualistic. I mean, there are many women, you know, the two of you in different cases. And there's many others that I've heard time and time again. Um, and it's going to be very different for each individual. But you, you've you got to get away. That's the first thing. I like that, uh, Diana, about, you know, have someone on the phone. Have that one person that's your go-to whether it be through codes or signals or if you haven't heard from me in such a time, you know, that you this, these are the red flags mm-hmm. uh, for the protection. Because that, to me, has always seemed to be the biggest danger of where does someone go? Okay, you're in this situation. I know it's wrong. Like, you've gone through all that of I want it, like Maureen, I wanted it to work, I want it to work. So now you get through all that and you fast forward it and you're still in this ter- situation. I, now you come to the realization, I need out. I, I got to get out of here. Well, now and, you start- and, and the truth is, you know, if you call, if you call the police, 
the police come and let's say they take they're they're gonna take maybe they're gonna take him to jail. maybe they're not maybe they're just gonna call there they're gonna just make it uh, a statement to him don't, don't hit her don't touch her then what, what are yeah. you gonna do what they drive away and leave you there with him exactly. what is gonna happen now and, and then um, you have to also know that there's a place for you to go so sometimes even though you want to call the police and you want to kind of help maybe they're not the number one place to go that's why if, if you could make yourself out we need to get the the domestic violence shelters the, the, the number the coalition you know make yes. sure that everybody and anybody every place a lot no. of a lot of women's bathrooms now you know when you go into yep. the public stall i've seen shut it the door mm-hmm. and the domestic violence numbers on there that is great Yep. Um, you know, any time that uh, any chance, you just you don't know when the time's going to be, mm-hmm. but when you do get a chance, reach out because these people that are running the shelters, doing the the private domestic um, violence agencies, they are there to help you. They want to help. Yeah. Well, I'll bring yeah. I'll bring up an, a point that I know there's no hundred uh, percent answer for this, but in in Canada, if there if the police are called. Uh, to a domestic violence case in the home, they are obliged to remove the man from the home. Even if after they say, no, 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 yeah, he didn't do anything, I called at it, they have to remove him from the home. It's the, it's the law that they have to be taken out and then have to be you know, reintegrated that everything works to make sure that he can go back into the house. So they can no longer, this case of you call the wow. cops, the cops come over. Oh, no, we're okay now. We got into a little argument. Okay. Or, she, or she doesn't want to, yeah. You know, and, yeah. uh, and or, or they say to you in front of the, the perpetrator, oh, well, would you like to press charges? It has nothing, right. to, do with the, it has nothing to do with them. The, 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 the Crown presses the charges. You know, that they, they do it. They do the investigation. You don't have to ask the victim in front of the one who's assaulted them, would you like me to press charges? You know, which I always thought was insane in any domestic violence. I'm like, what do you mean? Do I want, you're, you're making me the lawmaker that I'm the one who has to press charges? Like, in anything, that doesn't make sense. But, uh, yeah, just... I just I'm in Florida, and I don't know, Maureen, you might know this. Um, if you call it a domestic violence... Incident. Both the male and female, man and woman, they were both taken uh, and arrested and put down. So, mm-hmm. or arrested. Yeah, and they were they were both taken from the the scene. And that's actually something that I want to touch on, um, Deanna, that we spoke mm-hmm. about earlier. You know, there was a, there was a case in, in, in California, actually, uh, and it was a personal friend of my, a, fa- a friend, a family member of a personal friend of mine. It was his, his sister who actually um, shot and killed her husband and said it was self-defense. And she's now serving. Is she a life sentence or 50 years in I jail? Think, yeah, I think it was. I don't know if it was life sentence, but I know it wasn't it was like 50 years. Long. Yeah, it was it was a lot of time. So now she's now in jail and she has a son and, uh, you know, um, couldn't couldn't prove uh, self-defense. And it was I mean, it's, it's an ongoing thing. But um, going back to Clarissa's video saying, like, this is what you do. You know, we spoke a little bit about that on the phone. And in that case, why is that not what you do? I'm not sure I understand your question. Meaning when, when, when you're being, if you're being hit, you hit him here, you hit him here, try, uh, trying to get away. What do you do when you're in that situation or what are the repercussions? I mean, I know the reaper, some of the repercussions, if you hit back, you get, you may get killed or completely beaten up worse mm-hmm. or what happens to you if you defend yourself and hurt him or kill him. And then what? Yeah. And, um, again, that's going to be a very individualistic, uh, um, um, 
decision to be made. But what you don't want to do is go back into that negative feedback loop. So that negative feedback loop is he does something, she retaliates back. What does that do to him? Makes him even more angry. So instead, you know, you're looking at the stairway that that starts here. You know, it's just a, you look fat today. She reacts by calling him something. So this verbalization goes out to the point where she doesn't like it. She slaps him jokingly on the face. He gets angry. And what starts happening, it it continues to escalate. So that's what I refer to as a negative feedback loop. And it continues and it spirals. That is not what you want to do. Um, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, going back to now, I know there may be, um, you know, like we spoke about and Russ said about having that friend on the phone. Mm-hmm. What do the friends do? Cause that's a very, I know my friends were like, they wouldn't even know what to do if I, you know, what, what, what do they do? What, what oh. do the, 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 um, yeah. What do the lifelines do if they don't know? Yeah. Um, the number one thing that I think that I, um, commend you for doing is educating right now. So anyone who's listening and watching, you're you're educating them. So the more we people that we educate, the more resources that we're going to have. When Christy mentioned there are many, many domestic violence hotlines in every state, people can call. Um, what do you do? You have to, well, two things, two movies that I thought did a really wonderful job. Um, Sleeping with the Enemy with Julia Roberts, um, and then the most recent one, The Invisible Man, I didn't realize it was about domestic violence. I recently saw that online. Um, both of the women in there prepared ahead of time for an escape. And if you get to the point where I think the victim gets to the point where I've had enough. So the first thing you need to do is you need to pack a bag with money, with birth certificates, credit cards, um, clothes, hide it if possible kind of look into the future and say, when this happens, this is what I'm going to do. Um, Some of my um, clients were able to leave, you know, once he came home drunk and passed out. Um, There are times where you know your partner. I mean, who knows you better than the person that you live with? You get to know their habits and um, you'd let that person, that contact person know when the time comes, this is what your role is going to be. So you need to define that role, whether it be a, your best friend, a sister, a neighbor. When you see me, you know, with my bag coming out, this is where you need to take me and have that ahead of time. And I know what Christy said, it's hard when they isolate you and you don't have that contact to be able to do that. Find a time, if, you know, if you can. And again, I'm very fearful because we are so isolated right now that we can't make those connections. Right. There was, and, also, there was just a report on the news that gun sales are going up all over the place, mm-hmm. which is even a little bit more frightening that gun sales are going up. They're um, skyrocketing up, not just they're skyrocketing up. up. Yeah. Um, and, and that's uh, that's disturbing also that there's going to be all these people that are home um, sometimes with other people that they can't get along with, and now they have more guns. In well, you know, and I know it was. And we spoke a little bit too. Um, I was speaking to my, my Melissa, my my die coach and, and best friend, and we were talking about the children, the kids who who are abused. You know, too, that are home now and they're stuck. They can't even go to school. You know, and there's there's just a lot of uh, going on right now. And I guess you know the hard the, the thing that the reason why I wanted this to come together was like I said to educate, to help share and educate, and and, and just let people know that you know. Um, there's, there's ways, there's things, but with the isolation, I mean, what, what do you recommend 
the best thing to do would be to call a hotline if that person doesn't have the friend or if they're afraid. Um, I know I didn't reach out to anybody. I lied. I made, I made things up. I made excuses. I was just, you know, um, would you recommend the hotline or, or how would they go about if, if there right is, now? Yeah. If there is no one-on-one connection, if you don't have a connection with a sister, a best friend or a neighbor, call the hotline. There'll be an advocate on the other end that would direct you. Um, and let you know what would be the best alternative, especially if your life is being threatened. And here's one more. If, if, if a friend has a feeling that their friend is being abused and, and the person isn't admitting it, what can that friend do? Or how does that friend go about helping save that person if, if they can even? That's a very touchy situation. Very touchy. You don't want to lose your best friend. And a lot of uh, victims are in denial. I mean, mm-hmm. underlying they know, but they don't mm-hmm. want to admit it. And so it's mm-hmm. going to be a very strenuous relationship there. Mm-hmm. All you can do is say, continually tell that person, I'm here for you. If you ever need me, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what, what I wanted to get to, because I know that that was, that was exactly my situation where if anybody would say anything to me, I would defend him. I defended mm-hmm. him and I pushed them away. And, and that's, yeah. And so, yeah. So just saying things like that. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that anybody wants to comment on? Is there anything else that you want to share, Deanna? Um, no, just that um, there are many hotlines. Like I said every state uh, in our nation. And then there's an international hotline. I think it's called the National Coalition um, Against Domestic Violence. And that's a national phone number. They can connect you to local.